What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. In this episode, I blow you guys away by revealing the easiest, most effective, sustainable fat loss hack that you guys wish you knew before you wasted all this money on ineffective fat burners, ridiculous bullshit programs from these so called fitness influencers, and these uneducated trainers before all that stuff. Don't worry, you could start this right now, three months left before summer. I'm really, really, really excited about this episode. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be rocking your world because I rocked all of my clients' worlds when it came to this fat loss hack and they have been continuously doing this for years and years now and I talk about uh, my clients' stories in this episode and much more. So please guys, I strongly suggest that you save this one, re-listen to it. I don't think you're going to have to re-listen to it as much because it's that simple. No pun intended. I'm going to shut my mouth. As you can tell, I'm, I'm super excited about this. I'll let you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you guys so much. We all lost touch of our weight control and how to either lose our weight and maintain that weight loss for the sustainable future. And I feel you because I was exactly like that. I had the exact same fear, but luckily for me, I forced myself to look at fitness from a different lens. And it was just that alone has been, has been the biggest blessing. And I'll tell you why. Because I basically went back to the foundation, which is everyone's foundation, and I figured out the arguably the biggest holistic fat loss hack that I've told everyone in my class, my online course, and it has helped not only change my life, but it has impact it has positively impacted everyone else's life that I have explained this to. All right. And basically the simple fat loss hack, whether you're working out or not in order for you to create the change that you want and to keep the change throughout your future, regardless of what happens, even if we have another global pandemic, it is to simply all right, hold on to whatever the heck you're driving. Hold on to whatever you're, whatever's next to you. It's to simply hit your protein intake and eat your protein first with every meal. And I can guarantee you that you will lose your weight and keep it off for the sustainable future. So you're probably saying, you're probably asking yourself, what the fuck? Like, that's it? Yeah, that's basically it. So why... Is this so effective? All right. So there's something called macros and that's protein, fats, and carbs. And these three make up a calorie. Out of the three macros, all right, protein is not only the most essential, but it's by far the most thermogenic and satiating. Now, the word thermogenic is basically the energy it takes for your body to metabolize food. And protein has the highest thermogenic effect which means that your body uses more energy to digest protein than any other macro. 
And this is a scientific fact, okay? And this leads to quicker periods of satiety. To kind of put it into context a bit, so you guys could see it from another perspective, there was a study that was published by Cambridge University, and I think it was 2016, where they gathered 150 individuals from all walks of life, where they simply tracked their calories for two weeks, okay? The individuals were divided into two groups. Both groups followed what is called a North American diet, which is basically what we Canadians eat today, which is a mix of some heavy processed foods, mixed of all three macros, along with sweets, desserts, and all that stuff, right? After one week of tracking their calorie intake, the groups would switch and would follow the same diet, but this time, whenever they felt like eating, they had to eat an animal source protein first, okay? When the two weeks were up, what the scientists found was that the ones who ate protein first ended up eating on average 500 calories less a day than the North American diet. Now, for some of you, you may think it's just 500 calories. So I'm going to go kind of intense with the numbers and I'm not going to do it right now because I already fucking did it. So if we would talk numbers right now, there are 365 days in a year, which means you could lose 182,500 calories in a year. And the rule of thumb when it comes to calories to fats, a pound of fat, every 300, 300, every 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. So if you do the math on that, which I already did for you, the average individual can lose up to 52 pounds in a year by doing nothing else but prioritize protein first when you guys eat. Now, am I telling you to go full-blown carnivore? Absolutely not. What I'm trying to get across is even if you apply this fat loss hack and half-ass it for the whole year, you're still losing 25 pounds and you haven't even touched a single weight, signed up to any gym, bought any bullshit fat burner or bullshit online program from any of those fake-ass fitness influencers, which I, I can't stand. So for those who don't want to work out, don't work out. Cool. Fine by me. I actually don't give a fuck. Just eat your protein. Not only are you losing the fat, but you're saving a shit ton of money at the same time because you're not buying all this shit. All right. Here's another cool thing about protein. Water break. Give me a sec. Eating a high protein diet creates a unique hormonal response that only protein can create. So in the gut, create quick crash course uh, about the gut upon eating protein. Okay. The amino acids from protein stimulate a release of hormones that activate satiety signals in the brain. One of these hormones is called leptin. I spoke about this in my fasting episode. I don't know which number it is, but it's one of, uh, one of them. So leptin is responsible for regulating the energy between your body's food intake and the energy you physically create. Basically, leptin is the quote-unquote I'm full hormone because it helps prevent the hunger feeling when you're not doing anything physical when your body isn't asking for calories. Like, you know, when we're quote-unquote bored and need to nibble on something or when you're watching TV or quote-unquote I'm eating it because it's in front of me. Like we all have these, we all eat something for no freaking reason, right? So anyways... And because we're eating protein more frequently, 
the, this leptin hormone is being released more frequently. And this creates the suppression of ghrelin, which is famously known as the hunger hormone. I also talk about this in my fasting episode. So this is the hormone that tells you that you're hungry. This increases the urge to eat. Duh. Your ghrelin levels, all right, increase when your stomach is empty, which we all know it never is, okay, especially in today's world. But your body releases ghrelin to let your brain know when it's time to eat, like on a 24-hour cycle, all right? So your blood levels of ghrelin are at the highest before meals when you're hungry and then lowers when you eat, all right? This is extremely important to note because when we eat carbs, leptin signal is suppressed and your body doesn't adjust its energy expenditure levels and your brain does not get the signal that you are full, which is the ghrelin hormone, which leads to overeating. All right. However, if you eat protein first, your brain receives more of the leptin hormone which leads to more periods of satiety. So more leptin, less ghrelin. More satiety, less hungry, less calories. That simple. In fact, speaking of simplicity, one of my colleagues recently visited their doctor after getting his blood drawn for, for, their, for his annual checkup and said that his doctor noticed that his blood sugars were the best he's ever seen. And all I told him, so my, one of my colleagues, his name's... Uh, his name is Martin. And uh, he's, if you don't, you guys don't know him, but you hear him in my TikTok videos all the time. Uh, he asked me how to lose weight. He asked me what I, uh, he could do to lose weight. And this guy's like a 48 year old man. Nothing against his age, but it's just like, you know, we work together every day. So the conversations we have when it comes to health and all that stuff isn't as detailed as it is in my podcast. But all I told him was to eat his protein. So, um, but yeah, back to the whole blood sugars. This is something I kind of want to explain fast, fast, because this is really important that I want to hit home to all of you guys. All right. So quick, simple crash course about digestion. So after you eat, all right, your body breaks down your food into glucose, which is a type of sugar in your blood and glucose gives your cells energy. All right, so the glucose moves into the bloodstream and your blood sugar level rises. As it does, your pancreas releases the hormone insulin. And our bodies need insulin to get glucose into the cells. However, out of all three macros that we eat, protein, fats, and carbs, carbs is the biggest insulin offenders because it will spike it more than any other macro. Okay, And since carbs are literally in are everywhere and everything, they cover the biggest spectrum of foods. And it's since it's kind of hard to avoid them entirely, and I'm not saying that carbs are bad, okay? But when we eat too much carbs, like sweets, processed foods, and all that, plus not moving as much, glucose can't get into the cells properly to be transformed into energy, and your blood sugar levels get higher and higher and higher. And when that happens more frequently, the more at risk we are to become insulin resistant. So being insulin resistant is when cells stop responding to the insulin and the pancreas keeps making more to try to make the cells respond. 
right? And when that happens, that mostly leads to a bunch of shit like excess body fat, especially around the belly. So for a one, a waistline over 40 inches in men, 35 inches in women, okay, to be to kind of generalize here and potentially diabetes dependence on insulin regulating medication like metformin, just basically a shitty quality of life. And you don't got to be necessarily quote unquote fat to be insulin resistant, by the way. Okay. So think of, think of all this, like a garbage, a a garbage, a garage door opener and your car. So to imagine how glucose, insulin and cell receptors work, think of your car. Okay. To park in your garage, you need a garage door opener and a garage, you need a door, a garage, bleh, sorry, you need a garage door and a garage door opener. Glucose is like your car. The cell receptor is like the garage door and the insulin is like the opener. Anyways, what we need to be is insulin sensitive. And that's when insulin helps move the sugar from the blood into your cells properly, which is then used as fuel for energy. Okay. And one of the most effective and easiest ways to improving your insulin levels and avoiding all I just mentioned is to simply eat your fucking protein. It's that simple. Because of the high essential amino acid profile that protein provides, it stimulates a positive insulin response. That's because protein creates a small effect on blood glucose levels. And matter of fact, Protein helps stabilize blood sugars by blunting the absorption of carbohydrates and sugars. This is one of the reasons why the keto diet is very effective and intermittent fasting is very effective. It helps regulate and balance out your blood sugars because of the absence of carbs or maybe not absence at 100%, but a significant difference, a significant decrease of your usual carb intake, all right? So by the way, just a little side note, a little tip for those who are fasting, who are, who are trying to fast or want or are planning on fasting, hopefully not for fucking weight loss. If you're fasting for, you know, to kind of reset your system, break your fast with a good source of animal source protein. Okay. As your first meal. So we don't want to spike your blood sugars too high, too fast by eating a carb loaded meal. Eating a high source protein meal will greatly balance out your blood sugars after fasting. Then you can proceed to eating a serving of carbs. Okay. So when we fast or when we are in a ketogenic diet, assuming that you're respecting the ketogenic diet hundred percent, regardless where there's a huge absence of, of carbs. So during this absence of carbs, right? Everything is kind of balancing out like your hormones, blood sugars, everything. So it's like as if you're on vacation and like, it's like as if you, uh, you know, you're a recovering alcoholic, you've been drinking your whole life and you took a huge break, you're recovering. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, you slip up. You, you have that one sip of alcohol carbs, for the first time and it's like whoa here we go and we all have that feeling when whenever we break a fast with a heavy loaded carb meal or you know when we break a diet or whatever and we eat a heavy loaded carb meal that feeling and then we we just lead to overeating but anyways when you eat protein first that's how it, we we don't spike it too fast 
and we just like we gradually increase we we just basically we gradually regulate our hormones with our first meal which should be a protein based meal all right so going back to my colleague story um i just want to talk about martin fast fast because this was this really uh, helped me out as a trainer because all i literally told him was that he should be eating protein first okay he should just be hitting his protein intake and what I didn't know about Martin that I recently found out was that this guy's type 1 diabetic. And, uh, or type 2, I think. Anyways, he's diabetic. He has to be on, uh, he's been taking metformin pills for the last 20 years of his life. And so when I told him just to eat his protein intake and eat protein first, he was like, that's it? I'm like, yeah. And he told me he was about 20 pounds overweight and it was He's like a, he's a big guy. So, and he, he's about like six, four, he had a big belly and he was always in pain, all that stuff. And he always looked so tired. So six, seven, eight months later, and we haven't spoken about it at all after that, after that first day, I told him just to eat his protein intake. He was like, okay, cool. Like I said, six, seven, eight months later, which is now last week. He came up to me and he's like, hey, um, this protein thing, it really fucking works. And I was like, yeah, I know. But he's like, no, 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 really, dude, it really works. I'm off. I cut my metformin pills by 75%. I used to take like three, four a day or whatever the amount, whatever the amount he would take. And I only take one. And my energy is amazing. I lost like 10 pounds. And I could see it visibly on his body. Like he, he lost... He lost a couple inches off his waist. Like he looks fantastic. He looks much better than when, when he was before. So this is one of the reasons why I, I made this, this episode. So anyways, back, uh, back to protein. So where can you find sources of protein and how much protein should I, should you be eating? Right? This is probably your, some of the questions that you're asking yourself. So I'm always going to recommend animal source protein because it's a complete protein. And a complete protein is a protein that contains the nine essential amino acids that your body can't produce on its own. And you find that in beef, poultry, fish, eggs, and the list goes on. And um, as for our daily protein intake, so first things first, there's no magical number for everyone. I have to make that clear. But... There is a magical range to work with. Now, why is that? Because everyone is different. We all live very different lives and deal with all sorts of different stressors and we're all somewhat emotional eaters. We all are, all right? So please, 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 guys, stop listening to these so-called fitness influencers online because the majority of them make their programs from what they did themselves and what changed their lives themselves whatever which is always always it's it's never something new and it's always a very low calorie deficit and a stupid intense exercise program and whatever bullshit stimulus uh, stimulants that they take okay the majority of them are all fucking idiots okay and i'm gonna probably piss off a lot of people here but it's about time someone fucking says it so stay tuned for that episode because I got that coming up soon. Um, all right. So when it comes down to the range, 
when it comes out, sorry, someone, my mom just came in. She's babysitting Lanny. So, where was I? Uh, the the yes, range. Sorry. When it comes to your magical range, all right. There's two ways to get this, guys. So first things first is multiply your weight by zero point seven to one gram, and that number would be your daily target protein intake. Okay. So assuming. You're not obese. If you are, then you would have to find your lean body mass, which is your overall weight minus your weight from your body fat, which is your body fat percentage. This sounds kind of confusing, I know, but usually if you guys have a trainer, this trainer provides the service with uh, calipers, body fat testing. And if they don't, then you should fire them right away. Okay. And second, which is usually my go-to, all right, Calculate one gram of protein, multiply one gram of protein to your height in centimeters, okay? So let me repeat, one gram of protein times your height in centimeters, and that answer, whatever number that is, should be your daily protein intake that you should be hitting daily, all right? Now, let's be real here, regardless of your weight, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you worked out before or not, or have zero knowledge of health, what healthy eating is, whatever amount you get after these calculations can seem very daunting, okay? However, this is where the psychology aspect comes into play that most trainers never consider, okay? First things first, before I get into that, this starts with tracking your calories, okay? If whatever number you get in protein, if you've never tracked your macros or tracked your calories, for a week or two, at least a week, you'll have, you have no idea if you're hitting this or not. And most likely, most likely you're, you're far off. You're very far off. So when it comes to the whole psychology aspect of shit, so as a trainer, and I'm sure all trainers will agree with me here, we get two types of clients. All right. We got the overachievers and the super conservative ones. And the overachievers will try and overachieve, duh, by trying to hit the most optimal range of protein, which is, believe it or not, it's one gram per pound of body weight in protein. Even if this is extremely hard to maintain, especially on a weekly basis, these guys are going to try and hit that right away, okay? And the conservative ones will go for 0.7, and there's no problem with this at all, with both approaches. There's none, okay? Although I think if I had to choose which one everyone should start with, it should always be with 0.7, okay? And then work your way up because this is the most sustainable approach, okay? Because usually you guys aren't that far off from hitting 0.7 at the beginning. Hi, mom. Here's your monitor. I just put him down. Love you. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is this. When we establish your protein intake, I tell my clients three things. First is to eat a protein source. You eat your protein source first before anything else. Second is to obviously hit your protein target daily. And three is to not look at the scale for the next six weeks. Minimum six weeks. So I'm going to ask you guys, take a guess what happened to them after just six weeks. Okay. You probably guessed it all. You probably got... You're probably wrong. 
whatever your guess is, they only respected the third step, okay, which is to not look at the scale for six weeks. Some failed to respect the first step because some people's schedules make it very hard for them to actually have a sit-down plated meal that consists of high protein, which is totally understandable. And as for the second step, they were able to hit their protein target for three out of the seven days. And the rest of them were off by 30 to 80 grams per day. Now, I need to highlight this. What I just said, you have to under, you really have to realize what I just said. Like this is, like I said before, I need to highlight this because like I said earlier, they didn't respect it 100%. They didn't respect the plan at 100%, which let's be real here. That's reality. Okay, like I said about the the, the study before, right? They half-assed it. But what I could definitely say, because they half-assed this, even though they, quote-unquote, failed of hitting each and every single step, those three steps that I told them to hit, even though they, they failed two out of the three, right? When it came down to the actual results, like real life results by them doing it half ass. Okay. Five huge common outcomes came out. All right. One is their sleep quality skyrocketed. They were able to knock out sleep a whole, they were able to knock out a whole six to nine hours from what they said. Some even said they started dreaming, which when was the last time we dreamt about anything, right? The second one, their energy levels were through the roof to the point where they had they, they had to cut back on their coffee intake because their usual three to four cups per day were way too much, which already three to four cups a day is way too much. They didn't feel like napping, nor ha- they didn't have any of those, you know, those, uh, what, do you, what do you call those? We all get, anyways. I don't know if there's a title for it, but you know when you feel like you want, you, you like need a nap at the middle of the day? None of that stuff. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, all right, they all lost weight. And why are they losing all the why are they losing all this weight? Because they focus on hitting their protein intake and eating protein first with their meal. And because of its thermogenic and satiating effect, protein creates in the body. Even though, even though they didn't respect it fully, they still lost weight. And the reason why they didn't respect it fully, like I said before, because life got in the way. It's kind of on paper. If you get some, like if I, if I give you the perfect program for you on paper, although this is the perfect program on paper in real life, there's no such thing as you can't respect it hundred percent every single day for weeks and weeks and months and years on end. Okay. They half-assed it guys. And I'm only at the third outcome, which was third one was the all lost weight. Number four. Okay. They, they all freaked out about how easy this was and how quote unquote fucking great they felt. And I left this one for the end or on of, uh, one of the end. Well, gee, I can't even talk. I left this one at the end cause this is really the biggest realization the dramatic difference on how they felt is so much more made so much more of an impact than their weight loss 
they actually didn't really care much about the weight loss, to be honest. They were more shocked about how this has rocked their world from this simple hack, this one hack alone. And it kind of pissed them off about why no one else has ever told them this before. Okay. And for the fifth one, all right, I left this one at the end because this is for you guys who actually go to the gym or, you know, work out, whether you go to the gym or do or walk or something. The participants who've been working out has have noticed some wicked strength gains. Okay. They realize that the usual weights that they've been lifting for the past month or two and weights that they got kind of stuck on started to feel lighter and they were able to lift heavier and fat loss. They started losing fat in places that they considered were hard to lose in their, in their life. Some of them were their arms, stomach, neck, etc. So the, the last two, number four, they, they were freaking out about how great they felt. They couldn't even give a shit about their weight loss. And number five, they built muscle and burnt fat. No joke. Okay. Obviously all five, the other three are, are just as important, but seeing how this is a fitness podcast, right? And for those who, you know, work out and for all you guys who've never fucking, who, who've spent thousands of dollars on these diet programs, right? This is, this is for all you guys. You guys all relate to this. Okay. So we must understand something, everyone. The majority of the average Canadian diet is 45 to 65% carbs. This is a fact. Now, I'm not saying that that's bad at all. The majority of food we eat has carbs in it. That's kind of, it's really hard to avoid carbs. The issue is that when it comes to eating healthier, we either drastically cut our carb intake or completely stop eating. Well, either that, yeah, and we stop eating what we used to eat growing up. Right, because it either has "quote unquote" too many calories or too much carbs, or whatever the reasons are. As effective as this, as effective as this approach may be, because if you guys go with this approach, let's be real here, you guys will lose weight, one hundred percent. But how many times have you repeated that and always failed? It never lasts. I have to repeat myself. A diet. Okay, if you guys come up and this, this happens to me all the time, people come up to me all the time and say, oh yeah, I was on the keto, uh, I, I did the keto diet, I did the fasting diet, I did all this stuff and I lost like 20 pounds when I did it. And I ask them, like, okay, well, are you on it now? And they're like, no, no, it was just a thing. It was just like a, I just want like, no, I stopped. Then if... And if you guys think that diet is successful, it's not because you guys stopped and you gained all the weight back. Therefore, the diet doesn't work. Okay. It never lasts. Okay. If you're an athlete, whatever sport you're in or a bikini competitor or bodybuilder, then yes, some of these drastic approaches must be done. But for everyone else, it's completely ridiculous. Okay. And when it comes to the fitness space, this makes it even worse because for you guys who want to get prof- quote-unquote professional help, you guys rely on these fucking trainers and we got these trainers telling you guys to stop eating this, eat more greens, try this shake, try exercising more, which, you know, 
it's a failing strategy long term. Because as soon as it's over with this trainer, you gain it all back. Or they tell you to renew. And like they create like this dependence on they create a dependence that you that you need to have with this trainer. It's just it's really not sustainable. Okay. And so what happens is that all of a sudden, it's just sorry, my mind's going all over the place. I could I it's extremely frustrating when it comes to uh the fitness industry nowadays. This is why I created this podcast because I have this is my this is my way of venting my frustrations and at the same time educating you guys at the same time. Okay, so to give you an example, okay, of what I just said is my first online course that I gave. Okay, so my online course it's a six week course. It's called the Foundation. It's a six week course where I help you establish and help you become aware of your foundation. And part of this foundation is each week I give, I explain one topic and they're very, very, very big topics that we either don't know anything about that we should know, like your fucking macros. And I debunk certain myths like supplements, exercise programming, all this stuff and mindset techniques uh, for six weeks. Okay. So anyways, my first course that I gave, right, which was a rocky one. It was about a year. It was before Landon was born. And at the end of the first session, okay, they were all blown away by this approach because of how simple it is, right? Because they were all expecting some quote unquote special one of a kind process to get them to the shape that they desperately wanted. Okay. Did they lose all the weight and get the body that they want in six weeks? No, absolutely fucking not. But fast forward to a year later. No, sorry. Yeah. A year later, because I started it, uh, 11 months later. Cause I started it a month before Landon was born. So fast forward 11 months to now, they still thank me. Maybe not all of them, but I had about like 25 people in the group. Shout out to the OGs. And some of them, I would say the majority of them, I'm not going to give out any names. The majority of them still contact me personally, thanking me for this hack. And they reach out to me if they have any other questions just to get like kind of just a little where we, where we touch base because they now have a sense of awareness and control when it comes to their eating habits. And some of these people in my group were parents and, you know, the rest were everyone else in this world who are just trying to make, make it, trying to make it in life. And when we try and find ourselves and when we, when, when we're trying to find ourselves and where we are in this world, we tend to put our health on the back burner. Isn't that funny that we do that, Right. As soon as we want to strive for something, whether whatever it is, I'm not saying that's bad, but why do we always put our health on the back burner, right? So, yeah, so just this simple, this is one of the reasons why uh, I came up with this episode, just because a year later, these participants who don't know anything about me, I didn't know anything about them, were complete strangers. I impacted their life to the point where 
I don't want to sound like some motivational speaker guy, but I just, I impacted, I impacted their life to the point where a year later, they're thanking me for, for, for this hack because they now have a sense of control. Like I just said before, and that is earth shattering to me because that's sustainable, right? So anyways, now when it comes to protein, Every time I talk about protein, okay, and this is one of the biggest issues why, uh, this is one of the biggest reasons why I, it took time for me to kind of make this episode is because when I talk about protein, especially animal source protein, I have to mention vegans and vegetarians, okay? Now, chill, because I'm not busting your balls at all, but generally speaking, when it comes to protein intake, the vegans and vegetarians are the ones with the least, Okay. I've trained many vegans and many vegetarians, and I truly admire your dedication to this quote-unquote diet. Besides sustainability, the most successful diets are those that are done with a moral purpose. And vegans and vegetarians, you guys are right up there, okay? But when it comes to this hack, okay, which is eating, hitting your protein intake, the question is, can this hack work for you guys? And the answer is, Absolutely. However, it's going to be a little bit harder for you guys because on a gram per gram basis, vegan source protein has less protein than animal source proteins. That's a fact. So just to hit your protein intake alone from whole natural source foods would ultimately lead to an access of calories when it comes to eating a vegan source uh, foods, right? So here's an example, right? So let's say Let's say you, whoever the fuck you are listening right now, let's say your daily protein intake is fucking 80, okay? Not that much, I know, but this is just an example. It's just, we're running numbers here. I'm just going to go on my fitness pal. I'm just on my fitness pal right now. Okay, so three Kirkland chicken thighs. I just had that yesterday. Well, I had more than that, but three Kirkland chicken thighs, okay, are 300 calories, no carbs, 12 grams of fats, great fats, and a whopping 45 grams of protein. Three fucking chicken thighs. Okay. Now, three chicken thighs are 240 grams. The reason why I'm doing that is because... And so, wait, 240 grams is 8.40 ounces. The reason why I'm doing that is because uh, the my fitness pal, when it comes to tracking your grams, it's only, it only goes up to 200. So, I want to be exact here. So, if I were to eat eight... ounces of tofu, let's just say, that has 107 calories, yeah, 107 107 calories, 5.7 grams of carbs, and a whopping 11 grams of protein. Now, we can make the argument that tofu is leaner and has barely any extra calories from the other macros, like your chicken, and of course, you're not killing fucking animals, yada, yada, yada. Here's the thing, eating pure tofu straight from the wrapping is by far the most disgusting fucking thing in the world, okay? Just to make it pal- palatable, you have to dress that shit up with some sauces and garnishes. But most importantly, to my point, you're gonna have to eat a fuck ton of tofu just to hit that 80 gram protein target. Or you have to combine it with other vegan-based proteins unless you really love fucking tofu. But even combining it with other vegan proteins leads to excess of calories, okay? So... Look, regardless of what you eat and the food choices you make, whether you need to eat less or more, we all know we have to eat better and for the longevity of our health. And regardless of your goals, okay, protein, 
should always be the top priority of our diet. And simply trying to respect that protein range I mentioned earlier can definitely help you achieve whatever health and fitness goals you have and be able to generally maintain it without feeling like you're sacrificing your quality of life. Protein is a huge topic, so this def- this is definitely not the last episode, all right? There's going to be much more about protein and the other macros and other simple fat loss, fat loss, fat loss hacks, so please stay tuned for more, but for now, guys, if you want to start working for the body you want for summer, it's literally three months away. We just did the spring forward with the time. So it's going to be lighter outside. We're going to, sun's going to be out more. We're going to be motivated. This is where the the motivation kicks in. All right. Here is homework to do for you to achieve the summer body and for you guys to enjoy. I think it's hot girl summer and hot boy summer, whatever the, I'm pretty sure there's going to be another trend in a couple months when it comes to that. But all right. So this is your homework and it's four things. So don't worry. Okay. Multiply your body weight within the range I listed before. So I always start with 0.7. Okay. And for those who are considered obese or have a higher percentage of body fat, multiply your weight in centimeters by one gram. So one gram of protein times your height in centimeters. And that, whatever answer that gives you, that's the amount of protein you should be hitting daily. So that's number one. Number two, do not change anything else in your diet except to focus on prioritizing your protein intake. And kind of 2.A, all right, 2.B is if you guys are eating a lot of processed foods, I strongly suggest just cut that in half and then prioritize whole natural source foods, all right? That's for sure, okay? Number three, eat your protein first, all right? You know what? Sorry, there's five things. So that's number three. Number four, all right, continue to listen to my podcast. Share it with your friends. Post it on your social media platforms. Tag me in them. If there's any questions you guys have, please ask me. I'm actually starting something an online course. Again, I'm restarting this again in the next month. So in April, I'll be starting this up again. So if you guys are interested in signing up to this foundation course, please let me know. I can guarantee you one thing. It's going to cost way less than your average Uber meal, your Uber Eats meal. That is for sure. And for the fifth and final one, guys, is don't forget to keep it simple. Take it easy, guys. Thank you so much for listening.